Now, is that the guy that looks kind of like Sully Erna, or is that the original guy? <laughs> I'm trying to fucking think. A lot's happened since yesterday. My friends, welcome to another edition of A Lot's Happened Since Yesterday. My name is Cody Walker. My name is Ralph Busso. And today we have a very special guest with us from the band Seven Stones, Mr. Drew Elliott. Oh, what's up? What's up, Drew Elliott? What's going on, brother? Is that how you pronounce your last name, Elliot? Elliot, but hey, man, I've, uh, I've I've heard worse. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, bro. Um, so what's up, brother, man? You guys are doing real good, man. I heard your new single, Break, and I I I really dig it, man. I I especially like the screams, dude. Yes, you did a you did a fantastic job on the screen. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's taken uh sorry, it's taken a little bit for me to get to that point of actually using harsh vocals. Uh, like I think "Save the Day" was the first time, like other uh, like recording wise, that I actually screamed a little bit in it. And when "Break" kind of came together, I was just like, well, going behind like the the meaning behind the song, it was just. I was kind of pissed off and it just kind of came out that way. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard the, the unedited version of it, but a, puppet, a lot of people are like, you don't say anything bad in there. It's like, no, the, the uh, unedited version has, uh, it starts off with fuck, like really hard in your face. So nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, what no, I, I also, the, the um, um, I don't know, would you call it a, I guess you'd call it a breakdown. Where it just drops to nothing but that. Oh yeah, and just that, the guitar and the drummer just popping. Oh my gosh, I could see the pit just getting just getting pissed. Like, okay, let's go. Tell us when, motherfucker. You know, fucking waiting for. Yeah, 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 dude. And I, it's not our first song with a little bit of a breakdown in it, but that's the first one that we wrote. We were like, okay, dude, like somebody. Somebody might actually get hurt at one of our shows, like for because <laughs> we started out like a like a southern rock band, and uh, but we all have metal influences in just in different forms of fashion, and like the writing from our from my hope for tomorrow, like our first album, was mainly my dumbass, like in college going through like heartbreaks and like drinking a lot and just being like I write everything in acoustic, and then we kind of we got together and we kind of just made it a little bit heavier. And I, I never had a thought of going as heavy as we did with break. Uh, we picked up our, our, our drummer now, Jacob, it kind of opened up a window, I think for everybody's creativity to where like we wanted to be heavy. And I felt more comfortable actually playing shows because beforehand, like uh, with the screaming live, I, I've done a, a couple of things. We did uh, one of our poppy songs, Romeo but we cut it short and we go into Omerita by Lamb of God. And like, that was, oh. I think our first time that we started, like I started doing harsh vocals live and people were like, holy shit, who the fuck knew you could scream? And I was like, ah, yeah, cool. I guess everybody somewhat likes it at least. <laughs> Did you, do you take uh, instruction for it or do you just work on it yourself? I, I've, I've kind of just worked on it myself. Um, I have a couple of buddies that uh, are lead vocalists in like metalcore bands that I've talked to and gotten pointers from. Uh, yeah shout out to taylor tucker from to this day he's my boy um in a like i've tried to watch a few things but it literally i kind of just started trying to do pig squeals in high school before i like even thought about like playing music and it was fucking horrible <laughs> but it, it like led to me wanting to try a little bit and 
So it just kind of came later. Well, the, I guess. That, I was going to say the tone is there. Like some people who do it on their own, you can hear that you're like, oh, yeah, you haven't, they haven't learned to support it properly. And there's just a weird sound to their screen, but you have the tone. Like it's all the supports there. Everything, everything projects really well. I dig it. And what I dig about it also is you have a very kind of like an, uh, I don't know, like an, almost a, a Southern rock, Alice in Chainsy, grungy vibe, but you're, you're fucking, is that a bad thing to say? I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> but, no, 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 man. Oh. I, I'm a huge Alice in Chains fan. You have no. Oh, good, good. Then yeah, cause it's there. It's not, but when you scream, it's not out of place. So it, it still fits in the mold of what you guys are doing as well. And I dig that there's some, some of them, they try, people try to do it and it's like, well, why'd you add that? They're, what are you doing? You guys don't have that. I think that's what worried me from the beginning of like, our early music whenever everybody was talking about going heavier i was like man i just the way i didn't feel it you know yeah and flow for me like even lyrically it's it's a, a very constant thing that i think about and that means a lot for you to say that the especially the harshest go with the music sorry just burped but uh, <laughs> well honestly i gotta give you another compliment you you have a good melodic voice so you're you're carrying both of them you know what I mean? It's not just like you just have the scream that's really good. You also have a really good melodic voice. You guys' sound reminds me not only of Alice in Chains, but it kind of reminds me of Puddle of Mud and a little bit of Buck Cherry. There's okay. a little hint of Buck hey, Cherry in there. You know that's I mean? uh, that's, that's but, but you guys have your own unique sound as well. So it's not like you're just taking yeah. from these other people it's less that you sound like them and more that like if i put a lineup and wanted to add you guys i would throw them with i would throw you with them yeah. like that's the where you guys fit in those fucking there. bands but hey, it's I'll not like that. you guys are them or anything in like a heartbeat so allison out. chains buck no. cherry go on the road take these guys come on let's go <laughs> oh my God, please. i'm putting it in the ether for you <laughs> yeah i heard that especially in the, in the song break and I really like it. I like the other stuff too. I was checking out some of you guys' stuff. I did a fairly deep dive and I really dig your sound. Um, let me ask you this though. How, how did this get started? I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're the guy who started all of this. Um, somewhat, yes. Um, like I said, I started writing like, I guess it was in college where I actually sat down and started playing acoustic and I decided to like, Hey, you know, I've played, I know chords and I kind of just started writing off of what I feel. And, uh, Abraham, our lead guitar player, I was friends with him in high school. Um, him and our original drummer were in, uh, shit, I, I guess, sorry. Also different subgenres really fucking confused me at times, but I think it was like a grindcore band they were in. And so he played guitar and our original drummer was the drummer there. And all they did was scream, you know, like the deep shit. And, uh, so after I go through college and I'm writing this like slow kind of acoustic, you know, Southern rock kind of sounding stuff, I didn't expect for him to be like, oh yeah, man, that's good. Cause we, we didn't talk for like seven years, I think, like from my sophomore year of high school until I was getting ready to graduate college. He, um, we kind of just started talking again and he asked about music and I was like, well, I've been writing this kind of stuff. And he was like, oh man, that's, okay cool and then like we sat down and like played and he was like do this is really good and we called up josh you know our, our original drummer and he was like yeah man i still have my kit and he's like i haven't played in years and we kind of just we started jamming and that's where we met rich or where i met rich uh the bass our bass player he was friends with josh and he showed up at a 
few of these weird random jam sessions that we had and he was helping uh josh to drum a little bit he was like hey man why don't you do this do that and he was keeping time really well and i was me and abe looked at each other after like after we jammed a little bit it's like why don't we ask this guy to like play bass for us and so we did and he was like dude i've never touched a fucking bass and i was like nah don't worry we'll teach you well we didn't know shit about fucking bass to begin with <laughs> and uh, he kind of just got forced into the role of playing uh bass and he picked it up really quick and uh you know we uh we went straight into just like all the songs that I, most of the songs that i had written by myself on acoustic we all kind of just transformed them into the southern rock stuff that we had and before we played a show we played for like two years like hiding and then we recorded our first ep which thank god that's been shelved a little bit we didn't really capture our sound that yeah. well then when you started playing shows you know i was like okay cool uh things just kind of fell apart with our original drummer which we wish him well everything's good now by all means and then we picked up jacob and uh yeah we this is the sound we have now it's i guess we all got comfortable with each other and the chemistry with jacob right off the bat was fucking insane don't you love it when everything just kind of falls into place when you you oh, didn't dude. even know you were looking for something and then it hits you like oh, oh my, god. my god yeah we were did we had uh we tried out like four or five dudes and they're all talented. Don't get me wrong. And it was really big for rich because, uh, our bass player, you know, he based his whole style of playing bass off our original drummer. And he was just like, he's like, Hey, no, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. And he was like, some guys, he was like, man, I just can't gel with. But as soon as Jacob sat down behind the kit, uh, which he is so talented by the way, cause he hadn't played in like three years. We met him at a party and our buddy was like, dude, I forgot he plays drums. Like once you have him come try out, he listened to our songs for two weeks because he had no idea like or anywhere to set up his drum kit. And so he just listened to our shit. And then he showed up at the house, set up his drum kit, and he just started playing. And like we went through, I think it was Hellbent first, hit every fucking note. And it was just like, Jesus, where has this been? He didn't tell us that he hadn't been able to physically practice till later. And I was just like, how the fuck did you do that, man? So he's a different animal. Yeah. Now, is that the guy that looks kind of like Sully Erna, or is that the original guy? <laughs> I'm trying to fucking think. Like, I know who Sully is. That might have been the original guy. The blonde hair? No, he kind of, I don't know. He just kind of looked like Sully Erna to me. I don't I don't remember. I was watching the video. Do you have a member of Godsmack in your band is what he's asking yeah. right now. <laughs> well, Sully plays drums, so it's quite possible. Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I think, like... We might have gotten our name out a little bit quicker if Sully was playing drums for us. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, never I just watched that. the video and I thought he, I, every time I saw him, I'm like, he kind of looks a little bit like Sully Erna. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That does look like Jacob. Uh, fuck. I've never put that together. <laughs> so for people that don't know, my girlfriend's sitting next to me and she like pulled up a, a picture of Sully, which <laughs> for, for some reason I'm picturing Sully not having hair. Maybe that was a different era of Sully and Godsmack. <laughs> But yes. Yeah, that's him, Ralph. So, so that's <laughs> I just realized that, like our drummer is a doppelganger to Sully. That's kind of fucking awesome. So you've only you haven't had a lot of lineup changes. You've only had one or two, or, or I mean, uh, that was that's the only one, and hopefully the only one okay. that we'll have. Right. As long as those assholes don't replace me, I think uh -huh. everything will be okay. <laughs> Very cool, man. So what's the plans for the future, dude? I mean, Seven Stones is, is is making a push. What what is exactly your plan? Do you have one? Um, 
Well, uh, we're recording a new single. Um, we're hoping to get that out. And like, it's, I don't know when we're trying to get that out, but we also want to possibly put out like a seven song EP and possibly redo some of our older songs with our new producer that we have, Dalton Skinner. And what are your I, thoughts on that real quick? I don't mean to break your what's that? thought. I don't mean to break your train of thought, but what are your thoughts on bands that um, maybe weren't satisfied with their original recordings? Because there's a lot of them out there, myself oh, yeah. included. Um, and so they kind of want to re-record them and re-release them into the world. What are your thoughts on that? I, um, in some cases, I feel like it's a good thing. And in some cases, I feel like it's bad. So, and we're not going to do everything off of ours, but like, I get it. Like, I totally fucking understand of going back and maybe somebody didn't have the right vision. Maybe you didn't really see where that song could go at the time when you recorded it and spent all that fucking money. But, um, yeah, like, I feel like it's, shit again like also at the same time it's your money like nobody can tell you what to do with it if you feel like you can revamp it too yeah. and if you made it to a different i guess a different level of your musical career to where you think like you know i feel like the song has potential i mean why the fuck not like I, yeah i think the um the current climate in the industry too it makes it more safer to do that nowadays you know like when you got spotify and they're like you know give us an acoustic version, a acapella version, a backwards version, an EDM version, you know, because everybody's playing the playlist game. You know, yeah. if you if you have the means to do what you originally visioned or you go, man, you know, I was a teenager when I wrote that and I can make it better now. <laughs> it it, it kind of, if you, if you can, go for it, you know? Yeah, that's how Absolutely. I feel about it for sure. Absolutely. And also, you know, let's face it. If you're starting to get somewhere in your career, which usually happens with time, um, you're going to want to look back on the stuff that you thought was gems and yeah. release them to the world because they don't know they exist. You know what I mean? The yeah. other bands that you did, I've got plenty of examples. The other bands that you worked with, the, people don't even know about them. So now that you're starting to gain some momentum, why not reintroduce those songs to the world? I agree and I, with you. I think like in like nowadays, um, people's attention span is so short, like, uh, like not a lot of people will be like, oh man, I like that song a lot. And that's all they fucking listen to. Like I, me, if I like a song, I'm going to do like, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. Like I'm going to listen to a whole fucking album and see if yeah. like, does anything else spark something for me? But I like, I've realized that I guess maybe not for you guys, but I might be the oddball out of wanting to do that. No, because a lot of people are just like, yeah, I just like that song. Did you listen to anything else? No, not really. It's like, well, okay then. <laughs> yeah. there's more out there i promise but, but a, sing, a single doesn't sell you let me ask you that does this one single sell you from a band if you hear a really kick-ass song from a band does it sell you or do you need more i mean it does sell me for like i could say i'm a fan if i really like a song but usually if it's something that intrigues me that much i will like i go further and i try to find more and that's like, like on a rare occasion that uh just trying to think if it would be that I, I've done that recently, but I can't remember the band name. But I, I guess so. I think a single can sell me a little bit, but I, I guess I'm a cheap whore at the same time because like. <laughs> I, like <laughs> well, because you have you have those debates where you have the you know you have certain up and coming bands who will go. We just want to run the single route, and it's like, yeah. well, that that you know there there's a there's a place for it, but at some point you've got to make the jump to albums or an EP because people are going to expect more from you. 
you know. Um, I think early on there's a good spot, but at the beginning, it's like you better have material or otherwise you're going to fuck yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, I guess we took a more traditional route of like, before we play a live show, let's have something that people can grab like afterwards. Let's go, let's put this out, this EP. So people will know, like if they enjoy it, you know, they're like, holy shit, you know, this band's got a CD out. And like, yes and no is like a, a good way to do it at the same time. I, I don't yeah <laughs> it just kind of like it kind of fell short on our end just because like people that saw us live they if they picked up the ep and they listened to it it's like that doesn't seem like the same energy that you guys have and it's not like it was not no offense to like the people that worked really hard on it and like the money that we spent on it because it was all experiment for us because uh you're talking about the first ep right Yes, yeah. the first EP. So, and, uh, so, so you think it would have been better to spend some time holding your guys' live show, getting more of the energy out and finding like the exact energy of what you were looking for rather than just going and recording the songs first? Is that what you're saying or am I missing? It, like somewhat, yes. Uh, I, I think we needed experience of those live shows first, to be completely honest. Yeah. To, like kind of cut our teeth on and like, you know, see how people reacted to things before, you know, we put all our eggs in one basket. Uh, and I guess like realize that we could speak up for ourselves in certain, certain ways, especially in the recording process. Cause uh, I mean, I guess it can get muddled. Like the guy that we worked with, his name was Ethan. Cool dude. Like we were his first rock band and like, oh, this right. is the first time we're recording anyway. So it was just, uh, it was a learning experience all in all in itself. Like uh, I'm glad we did it because, you know, we definitely grew from that for sure. But there are, I think three or four that we would like to redo with uh, Dalton for sure. Well, this is a reoccurring topic that we have on this show because we always ask musicians whether or not they think what producer they work with is going to matter or not. And my resounding answer will always be it absolutely matters. But let me get your opinion on that. What oh, I, it totally fucking matters. Uh, especially... <laughs> I, I agree with that 100%. Sorry if you were also trying to answer Cody. <laughs> no, no, no. I would, no, not at all. I Believe me, I know the resounding. It is, it does, it really does matter. It's weird. People wouldn't if think it. They think, a lot of times they think the producer is just who you go to to get the shit done. Oh, yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> no that, that's you, called uh, an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, shit, man. Like, um, like our first experience with our first producer, it was like he had a lot more control than I thought he would have had in our in our eyes, which there's nothing wrong with that. Again, it's a great learning experience. And I still love the guy. He's cool as shit. But um, like moving on, like uh, Dalton has this thing. And he was like, hey, man, if you want my help, he's like, I'll suggest it. And, and like and we're always open to hear what's going on but like we usually now we kind of have that set like we, we know what the fuck we want and don't stop that from happening but like if you're like don't change something completely because we before we found Dalton we talked to a couple of other people and like one guy again not a bad dude by any means he was just like no I want creative control it's like I I don't I don't know about that completely because he was like we need to cut 30 seconds here and he's like we need to add something here and it's like I no, I don't think that's the way I would want that. I mean, it was intriguing a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, no, nah, I kind of want, I want our freedom too. at the same yeah. time to do like what was in our minds. Cause we're all four usually on the same page, what we're doing. And that's, I feel like 
what we're going to record what we're going to put our money into should be there so producer does mean a fuck ton on like who you yeah. go with. and uh dalton is that guy so far well, absolutely, bro. I've been there, done that. I I, I agree with you 100%. I've, I've had some words with producers in the past. And it's just because they weren't really cut out to, oh, yeah. to work with us. We, for our sound and what they had envisioned, I don't even know how we brought it together. It was just kind of, it didn't make any sense. So I get it. You have to find the right guy for your band. Well, and the, whole creative, the, the whole creative control thing can get iffy. Because oh, at the yeah. end of the day, it's like, look, I get that you're, you know, as a producer, if a, if a producer is worth his salt in any way, he knows how to creatively get more out of a band. And he'll hear yeah, something that maybe the band haven't thought of and they've been around and, you know, they, they really become like a, another member. But to just walk in and go, no, I get the last say. I'm like, oh, you got to kind of earn that to me. You know, I mean, I'm a musician. Yeah. I know how that feels like, wait a minute, I fucking wrote the song. It's in my head. What do you mean you yeah. get to say the last you know, yeah. there is a fine line between like, yes, it is a product and you're trying to make this a your dream and help also play the game because that's your job. But motherfucker, this is my vision. Like, you don't yeah. get to just say, no, I get it. You know, that's a it's a tough sell. It is, man. Like, it just. Man, I guess some people just have the, that empowerment. It's like, no, I know how to make that better. It's like, well, that's not exactly what we're going for at the same time. So it. In some cases, it could be really good. In some cases, it could be really bad. And so far, like it's it's worked out with us, and uh, we definitely enjoy working with Dalton. I think uh, I think there was a little bit of a lull actually in break too when Dalton was like, "You should probably scream here." And I was like, "Well, I haven't really done that." So that the one final scream right near the end before the last chorus was kind of like, "Hey, man, what do you think about doing that?" I'm like. Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's try that the fuck out. I guess I'll just push that fucking limits there. And so, like, it's it also, I think, it, some people being in the studio, they do not want to take criticism. They won't take advice either at the same time. So, like, as I said, we're usually open about it, but it has to be presented in the right way. Yeah. Like at that time, for it to be absolutely to be something like you can actually click with your head because sometimes on one track mind it's like please just don't talk to me right now like i've got to you know i've got to figure this shit out i'm needing help yeah which is a gift and a curse i guess at times but it's the curse of the creative yeah. because sometimes you need to just be by yourself and figure some shit out yeah yeah <laughs> it or really yeah. is you don't want people to dictate your exact sound and your exact tone and your exact style. You know what I mean? Oh, but yeah. it is kind of nice every once in a while where you, when you do find a producer that kind of understands how you work yeah. Yeah. and um, creatively and your sound, and then they help you. They boost you up. They lift you up. They make you better. And to me, that's that's the cool yeah. thing about working yeah. with producers that are next level you know and they're they're more expensive of course you're going to spend way more money but yeah because they know they're worth it you know what i mean but there's a lot of them out there that really know how to bring the best out of artists and there are some of them that do the opposite and that's the truth oh yeah you know? and so, usually those guys that don't do it the right way are usually in it for the wrong reasons yeah mm -hmm. like yeah i and I think that's fucked up. Like, I, I don't think you should take it like uh, from that standpoint. Don't take that job if you're just going to fucking shit on somebody the whole time and not like listen. <laughs> yeah, well, because there are producers. Well, I mean, like we talked about earlier, we said you have very you have a very good Alice in Chains flavor. 
And there are producers who would go, you sound like Alice in Chains. Well, Alice wouldn't do that, so don't do that. And it's like, no, 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 no. no we're not, not here to get that product. Yeah. That's when it gets shitty. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I love, I love Lane, love Jerry, love my, I love them all, love everything about. It, but I'm not trying to copy anybody. Yeah. So, um, well, you now that you mentioned, Drew, now that you mentioned that, I hate to cut you off, but now that you mentioned that, I gotta ask you a question: Are you into these bands that kind of mimic other bands, like almost identically? You guys don't do that. I'm not even saying that. I'm not even coming close to saying that. You guys have your own sound. You guys just, I, I, we can hear your influences. But I'm wondering if you like these bands. Uh, what's the name of that band, Cody? K Greta Van Fleet, KSM. The KSM is like an exact sounding corn band. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, so <laughs> yeah, they're two I, polar I, opposite uh, types of bands. <laughs> they're just yeah, very sound, very I, similar to the to certain bands. I think that's funny that you said Chaosium, though, or I can probably can't pronounce it the fucking right way. Neither but, can I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is there like Chaosium? Chaosium. 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 I think in it, like, a, I don't, I don't know for a fact if they're copying corn because I said the exact same thing whenever I heard him for the first time. I was like, God damn, he sounds like Jonathan Davis a fucking a lot. But like, it's not horrible, like by any means. Oh, but it's you, good. You can tell like their influence, and I think Greta Van Fleet's on a different level just because of corn's uh, still around. You know, like fact, they're still making fact. their shit. Like they're going albums. Like Zeppelin's not a not around. You know, like it's becoming new age shit for Greta Van Fleet to be able to play that style. Like almost. Doesn't I, that almost make them a tribute band? <laughs> not a damn near it. Like, <laughs> it's so fucking close. Like uh, I, <laughs> it's so scary, but they're still writing their own shit. Like if they just went around, of course, you know, just playing straight up Zeppelin stuff. I like, I don't know. It, like, but like you said, I, Zeppelin like ain't here. And I'm not mad at chaosism or I'm sorry if I pronounced yeah. it wrong. No, no, no. I, and and it's, the sad thing, it's a very touchy subject to ask. Cause it's like, you know, I'm still new at this whole interview thing somewhat. So sometimes I'm afraid to ask questions because I don't want people to get pissed. But it's like, dude, they sound a lot like fucking Korn. Oh, yeah. I oh think they're good. I They got a good image. They got a good product. They put on a hell of a show. But it's kind of hard not to talk about them sounding a lot like Korn. You know? <laughs> so it's just yeah. like where in the industry, especially where does the line go? You know, I'm not saying they're plagiarizing Korn, but it's like, dude, does that hurt them at some point to where somebody goes? Hey, fuck it. I've already got a Korn. Like you said, with, with the plus yeah. of Greta Van Fleet, Led Zeppelin's gone. So we said, dude, if I want to listen to Zeppelin, yeah, but now you get new Zeppelin in a way because they're putting songs out that you're not going to hear in that style. You so know? there's good and bad. So there's like, good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Neither one of them are bad. I'm just saying, like, if somebody's going to copy somebody to a T, like Ralph said, it's a fucking, you're a tribute band. Like, yeah. You're kind of a tribute band. There's a fine line between, uh, was it, there's a fine line between plagiarism and flattery or whatever. Yeah. Well, people <laughs> love things that are familiar, man. They really do. People usually tend to stick to certain genres and stuff like that, you know? And that's what I was wondering too, Drew, do you think that sticking into a niche sound is the way to go for a band? nowadays or, or do you think that playing around and messing around with different uh feels like trying to ballad per se or something like that do you think that that's a good idea because some people have told me it's a it's a bad it's a bad move i don't know man it's different strokes for different folks man like uh if uh, i guess like on the radio if you're trying to get on airplay like for sure you know you want to stick to that that fucking you need to stay in between these guidelines of shit. Like, um, we don't like, I, I know that 
especially me writing, I don't want any fucking part of doing that niche, which there's no again, like nothing against anybody that finds that and stays in it. But for me, like I like being able to do different, different sounds and different things. Like uh, if you guys listen to Take Me Home, like it's night and day compared to Break at the same time. Right. Like, and those were released within, like we wrote them really close to each other. And, and I enjoy that side. A lot of people don't. Like, if you want to stay in the same sound, that's cool. I just, I, I feel like for me personally, writing that's stagnant and that shit gets old to me. Like, I, you know, then again, you know, you go back to the, our first fucking album I was talking about. It's like heartbreak and drinking and doing stupid shit, which is kind of part of me <laughs> in a way. But, but it's still different, like the way we're trying to convey the message. And uh, so I like the change. Like, uh, so for you personally, you like bands that move around a little bit. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, fully. Uh, well, do you believe that most people feel the same, or do you believe most people want to hear the same shit over and oh, over? Oh, dude, a lot of people want to hear the same shit, like over and over again. That, well, a lot of people being mad at Bring Me the Horizon, it seems like, why the fuck are you mad at that? I think, especially like a Ben Sevenfold after the Rev passed away, how much their fucking changed sound. Yeah. Sound changed. Well, said that backwards. Keep drinking. <laughs> Scratch um, that. Reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you can't get mad. Like, they lost, you know, a driving force. Avenged Sevenfold lost that driving force behind the rev that brought that metal. Like, yeah. that was their heaviness that they had. And then after that, it was nothing but, you know, they were heartbroken, you know? And the, you know, getting different drummers doesn't change that. And everybody was like, why are you doing all this, like, softer shit? It's because that's what they feel like they want to fucking do. Like, I right from your heart, man. Yeah. Writing and I think you're doing it right. Stake your claim early. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna spread it around, do it right off the bat and spread it around. Spread it from the heart. Don't do this shit. Be like, oh, I think this is gonna get somewhere. It's like, it doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah, people might listen, but it's not gonna live on. Yeah, yeah, you'll just be a fad. And like, uh, the reason why I want to do music, I want it to like people to relate. You know, I want people to be like, fuck yeah. You know, kind of stick around for a while. I'm a huge Eagles fan, by the way. Oh, right on. And. God damn, like their music will never fucking die. Like, Facts. Granted, I haven't written anything like that, but uh, <laughs> maybe wow. at some point, you know? Their harmonies are pretty second to none. Jesus. Absolutely. Know, so. They're so and Vince, Vince Gill's filling in so well. Well, Wait, what? Vince Gill filled in after Glenn Fry passed away. No. How Dude. am I not hearing about this until oh just now? Oh my god! So I saw him before uh, with my dad in like '07, I think it was like our birthday gift from my from my mom. Like we we got to see the Eagles with Glenn Frey, who's still alive. Holy fucking shit! Was it amazing? And then um, I saw him. Fuck, I can't remember. Like it's it's like three or four years ago, I think, when Vince Gill filled in, and so did uh, Glenn Frey's son, Deacon Fry. Right. Looks just like Glenn Fry. It's fucking scary. It's a younger version. Their noses are exactly the fucking same. But the harmonies <laughs> they still got out of those guys is fucking... And not to mention Vince Gill can play the shit out of the game. Yeah. No, he's a phenomenal talent. I, I that It's almost... He wouldn't be somebody I would think of until you said it, and then I was like, oh, shit, yeah, he'd fit right in. Oh, he Absolutely. But nobody touches Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh is God. Mm. Uh, he is... Joe Walsh is the man. Mm-hmm. Always will be to me. Absolutely. He looks better now than he did in the nineties. Like he's, it was. Kinda... He's kind of like he's kind of like um uh, not Mick Jagger. Fuck. He's kind of like Keith Richards. It's like he just he oh, yeah. just gets better with age and just just he ages like a wine, dude. He's, oh yeah. His playing gets better. He just Man, gets dude, more dude. awesome. He's 
Yeah, Joe Walsh is something else, man. Fuck yeah, dude. I can go on and on about Joe Walsh. So is that one of your favorite bands? If you had top three bands that you could name that were your top three favorites, do you know what they would be? Or have you thought about it? Oh, my God. Well, one, it changes on a regular basis. But, like, the Eagles definitely would be all time, especially for, like, songwriting. Uh, I, I can't go wrong with Alice in Chains. Like, uh, you have no idea. Again, that means so much to me that you said that. Was like, I'm glad, dude. I'm glad. Because it's there. It's there in such a great way. Sure, like, immediately, that that initial part. Can I speak English? In the initial part, the beginning of the video for uh, Save the Day. You guys start in and I was like, okay. And then you, the minute you start singing, I was like, oh, there it is. Immediately scratched my itch for Alice. Immediately, no. dude. And it immediately caught my attention. I was like, okay, we got something here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then again, you know, our, our mutual friend Barb would never ask us to work with anybody that was below. Like, no, you know what she I mean? she loves you guys too. She she she, she talked up guys. a mean storm with you guys, and, man. Uh, Barb's awesome. Uh, she she She's only really supports sweet. she only supports bands with a lot of talent. But so she she set us up a lot. Like um, Barb, if you're listening, thank you. For Shout out to Barb. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to Jew Elliott from the band Seven Stones, and this dude is a badass singer. He's a badass screamer, and the band is badass. I love the guitar work, the drums. You guys got to check them out. They have a new single called Break. Seriously, check it out. Go to YouTube. You can check it out and listen. You can. Pro you guys are on Spotify, right, bro? Oh, yeah. We're on a, uh, okay. every platform that I... Every platform. Yeah, every you platform. heard that here. Seven stones, one word. Yes, sir. They are oh, undeniably the real fucking deal, people. Check them out. Drew, thank you so much for coming on, my brother. Thanks, fellas. You guys are awesome. You have an open invitation, my man. You want to come on, talk anytime. You let us know. You're back. It was fun talking to you, dude. You're a good guy. I can tell. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, Cody. You guys are fucking great, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you support Seven Stones. Go support any art. Make sure you support music. Until next time, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Be good humans. Always fucking forward. Peace. Peace. <laughs>